Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Believe in Betting Chicago. My name is Joey Christopoulos. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Football, it might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and NHL, it's in full swing. And guess what's right around the corner? Baseball. And the only place you should be paid at betting on any of these sports is at BetOnline.ag. And if you don't like sports, don't worry. It even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. BetOnline has hundreds of props with real-time odds and almost anything you can imagine. And of course, don't forget about that 24-hour online casino. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today. Receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's right, only at BetOnline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining the pod today. We've got a very special guest. He's a returning guest. I love his perspectives. I love his insights. I love his website, The Bears Blog. It's Jeff Hughes. Jeff, how are you today? I'm good. How you doing? Doing good. Just trying to sort of read the tea leaves, cut through all the different code in terms of what's going on with this Bears quarterback situation. So I wanted to bring you on to get your just your thoughts on the whole saga that continues to go throughout Hallis Hall. Let's kind of start here. I want to just kind of take it back in time and then we'll bring it up to the present day. I just want to kind of get your take on what happened with the Carson Wentz situation. Personally, it seems like as we're looking at it now, a lot of the information out there was fictitious. A lot of things that were sourced out turned out to be not true. What was your take on how that all went down? Did your sources, is there any skepticism now with how we're reading articles and how we're getting our information about what exactly is real and what is not? And did your sources kind of line up with how this all Carson Wentz situation played out? You know, I I first got wind of the Carson Wentz rumor and went to someone I, I trust very much inside inside the building and said, well, how would this work? And their response was, the Bears haven't called. The Bears haven't made an offer. The Bears are simply open to everything. And then I very quickly traced the rumor back to the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles essentially knew they had one trade partner for Carson Wentz. One. Frank Reich was the only guy in the league who was willing to commit to Carson Wentz as a starting quarterback. The only guy. The idea that Matt Nagy is going to suddenly take the ex-boyfriend of his of his best friend, Doug Peterson, <laughs> that suddenly that, that breakup, which was very fractured and very difficult, that suddenly Matt Nagy was going to try to to reclaim or reclaim the career of Carson Wentz, it never made a lick of sense. And the Bears are not in a position right now to be taking on reclamation projects at quarterback. They need stability at the position. They don't need to you know, sort of get on the billiards table and poke and hope. They needed somebody who could be reliable. It never made any sense to me. It all came from Philadelphia. And you saw by the deal that got made. That's not the deal that get, gets made if you have multiple teams vying for a player. That's the deal that gets made when you have to get rid of a player and, he, and you only have one suitor. And that's why Carson Wentz is in Indianapolis, which is exactly where he should have gone. I mean, it all made total sense. He was always going to Indianapolis. The question was cost, and Philly wanted to try to drum up some sort of, I guess, I guess they wanted to drum up fake interest to, to drive the price up for Indy, and it really never worked. Ah, uh, Roseman. Ah, uh, <laughs> he did it again. I'm in a complete agreement with you. I heard the exact same thing. I did hear that there were some people in House Hall that were kind of maybe wrapping their head around the concept of could a Carson Wentz situation work? We obviously we heard from Joe Filippo. You'd worked with him in the past. He probably would be open to that reunion. But everything that I heard back was that it was a big, hard no from Matt Nagy that he didn't want to deal with it. He probably talked to, as you mentioned, he probably talked to Doug Peterson. It was never going to happen. And then you just kind of saw these rumors flying all over the place where two first round picks 
and, a, and, and this oh, yeah. and that, and could yeah. Zach Ertz be involved and all this sorts of stuff yeah. and all this hand wringing going on with bears fans. And it just, obviously it's it just was crazy. There was one trade proposed when I, when I knew it had gotten out of hand was when I saw a first round pick in Tariq Cohen. And I said, yes. now how on earth could anyone believe that would be the compensation for who, for the guy who was the worst starting quarterback in football last year? Like you're going to give up a player, Tariq Cohen, who's already better than Carson Wentz and a first round pick for a guy. I want to repeat it because I think people need to hear it. Who was the worst starting quarterback in football last year? Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace are not on solid ground in Chicago. They're on more solid ground than people think, but they're not on solid ground. And they are not ready to risk their tenures with the organization on a guy who may or may not stop being the worst starting quarterback in the league. It really, it just never made any sense from the Bears. I get why they might have inquired. I get why they might have made a call. Is he available? What's the deal? You want to do that with every player, but they were never made. They never made an offer. They never actually tried to acquire it. Yeah, maybe they would have slept on if it was like a Nick Foles price of like, hey, a fourth round pick. But obviously that was never going to happen. And on top of that, too, Carson Wentz never wanted to come to Chicago. And on top of that, when he got benched in Philadelphia, he pouted and moaned about it. So if he wanted to come to a city where we've been clamoring and thirsting for a quarterback for so long, that pressure I just don't think Carson Wentz ever wanted to have that pressure. Let's roll it forward a little bit now. After we have this type of information, granted, different organization, Howie Roseman, different general manager, we're going to get to the big fish in Seattle in a second. But I do want to talk about what's been going on a little bit with Deshaun Watson. You know, Jeff Darlington's kind of leaking out information about the deal that the Bears would, in theory, propose to Houston and whether they would be, you know, would they be stupid not to take a Bears offer it does seem like now that the Bears are back in the mix in the Houston conversation, maybe manipulating the market. What is your take on kind of what's transpired with Deshaun Watson over the last week or so? You know, I've got some weird insights into the Houston organization. A friend of mine used to be pretty high up there. It's a terrible organization run by terrible people. And this Deshaun Watson situation got out of control. Houston is in, in the middle of a PR battle. They have to somehow sell to their fan base that they did everything in their power to keep Deshaun Watson. Because when they don't keep Deshaun Watson this year, and they're not going to, he's not going to be on Houston next year. When they don't keep him, they're going to have empty buildings all year. They're probably going to be one of the worst teams in football, if not the worst. And they have to somehow sell this as this was not on them. This was on him. Here is the problem they're running into now. And it actually wraps up into Russell Wilson. The Bears have called Houston and have basically told Houston, what do you want? I mean, that's where the Bears are in this. Deshaun blank, and Matt Nagy check. are friends. Yeah, Deshaun and Matt Nagy are friends. Uh, Deshaun and Pat Mahomes are very close. Mahomes has said really nice things to him about Nagy. But they are very. They have been very clear at, at the ownership level that they were not willing to go multiple number ones for Matt Stafford. They are willing to go multiple number ones and beyond for Deshaun Watson. The fact that the Bears are now where they are in the Russell Wilson conversation, which is genuinely heating up now. And I will not be surprised. I would have been shocked a week ago. I would not be surprised if that trade happens. That now has to push Houston deeper into this conversation because what does Houston think they're getting for Deshaun Watson if the Bears are out of the market? That is That has to be the question. The Bears are desperate. They've been desperate for 60 years to fill this void. And if the Bears are willing to give you three first-round picks and, Ro- and Roquan Smith, and another player. Who is willing to match that? Because the more suitors that are not on, in the marketplace, the less value he'll have on the market, and he should be traded 
for the biggest package in the history of the league. But the Jets now like Zach Wilson a whole lot. If the Bears were to get Russell Wilson, now who are you down to? Two or three teams were going to say, well, we're not going to give them three number ones. That's just not the value that's there anymore. So I, I think the Bears are all in on Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson. If they end up with either one of them, it's a huge victory for the organization. But I think they prefer Watson, of course, he's 26 years old. But they are not willing to wait out Houston because nobody trusts that organization. And I think we're both in agreement that at the end of the day, even if they don't get either of those quarterbacks, would it be safe to say that the Bears will at the very least can say to themselves they had the top offer on the table for one, if not both? If they don't get either player, it will be it will have nothing to do with them. Uh, it will be because Russell Wilson doesn't get traded. I think if Russell Wilson gets traded, he's going to Chicago. Oh, he yeah. wants Chicago. He wants Chicago. They want him desperately. Uh, and they're willing to give up a ton for him. So if, if he gets traded, I think the Bears are getting him. But Sean Watson is just in such a strange predicament where it just depends on when that organization and the great John McClain, who writes down there in Houston, he wrote a column, I think it was almost two weeks ago now, saying it's time for the organization to field offers and trade him. They are literally not answering calls from other teams until they start gauging what his value is on the trade market, which is going to be astronomical. Until they start gauging that, I don't understand what, what, the, what the rationale is for that organization to wait. Because I know the Bears will, the offer they're making right now for Russell Wilson is going to be huge. They would go further. The offer is going to be huge. I think in the case of the Texans and the Seahawks, and we'll get to the Seahawks uh, in just a moment. I want to stand to Sean just for one more moment, but it's basically, Hey, you got to cut your losses. This guy doesn't want to be here, whether it's today, whether it's tomorrow, whether it's two months from now, it's going to happen. So you need to do what you can, what you think is the best for your organization to get a package together because there's going to be a package no matter what because this guy's out of here. So my question for you with the Texans is, and this is what I'm trying to figure out is, as you mentioned, the organization's in disarray. Major problems. It's a total mess. Experts out there would think, well, the hall has to be huge. But my question is, from a Texans perspective, is it more about the optics of what the deal looks like, a.k.a. does it have to be a quarterback coming back, as you mentioned, to satiate the fans, where the deal might not look exactly what I think football experts like you and other people would say, hey, that's a wonderful hall. It's the best one out there. Is there going to be any optics involved in what the Texans are going to want because they are going to have to satiate that fan base? You know, I've heard this argument from people that they have to get a quarterback in return. First of all, we have no idea if Nick Casario and the folks now running football there like the quarterbacks in the draft. So if they don't like, you know, beyond one or two guys in the draft, they might not be targeting that. I'll give you an example. They have to be able, it is optics. They have to tell their fan base, look, we have the Bears' first-round pick this year, first-round pick next year, first-round pick the year after that, a borderline all-pro linebacker in Roquan Smith, and we got we threw Darnell Mooney into the mix, right? We got all this talent now. We have all these picks. We are going to be bad next year. We're going to be at the top of the draft. And if we're not the first pick, we're also going to have the Bears' pick. So if we need to get the quarterback, we've got next year to get him. The minute the Sean Watson leads that organization, the clock restarts for them. Because they're not going to be good till they fill that position. And there's not going to be a guy of any value in there for one, two, three years. Sam Darnold doesn't fix that. Tua doesn't fix that. I heard someone say, well, Miami's a better place for him because they have Tua. If Miami's willing to just think logically, 
if Miami is willing to give up Tua for him, that should tell you something about the about difference Tua. of the two players. Yes. So if they, if they look at Tua, first of all, there's no way you watch Tua play his rookie season and thought, this is a guy I want to leave my franchise. I'm not saying he won't be good. I'm saying he didn't show anything in year one. So that's not a selling point for the franchise. Sam Darnold sure ain't a selling point for the franchise. Now, if you're giving me a bunch of first-round picks and I'm saying I'm going to have Justin Fields, okay, like every other quarterback in the first round, flip a coin and hope he's good. But I would rather, if I'm the Texans, tell my fan base, look, we got first-round picks from the Bears. They also happen to have three, four, five guys, terrific talents on rookie deals to build our organization with, a Roquan, a Darnell Mooney, a Jalen Johnson, hell, David Montgomery. They might look at the roster and say, we want three of those guys. And again, if you're the Bears and Deshaun Watson's 26, you say, here you go. And you say, we will build around this guy, whatever is left. We survey the damage after the deal is done, and we go from there. I think the Bears, because of the young talent on rookie deals, are actually in a great spot to make this deal. But you have to have the partner to make the deal. Yeah, I'm in agreement with you. For for Bears fans that are saying you can't trade Roquan Smith, you're like, okay, crazy. player can't finish the season, has had off the field issues. Let's be very honest, which we don't know how they're going to play out as his career moves further. Darnell Mooney, loving the pieces, was wide open all the time last year. Still a slight, what, fifth round pick. We don't know how that's going to pan out. And David Montgomery's halfway through his rookie clock already. So get out of here with this whole we can't trade these certain pieces. Miami and Carolina seem like they are are actually formidable, let's call them foes, in terms of the bidding war for Deshaun Watson. I keep hearing the New York Jets. You know, Deshaun Watson gets, at the end of the day, say in where he goes. Why would he go to the New York Jets? Can't we just cross them off the list? Uh, listen, I live in New York. I grew up about two and a half miles from, from what was Giant Stadium and is now MetLife Stadium. Nobody wants to go to the Jets. Yes, and thank you. It, 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 it is it, The idea that he wants to go play for the Jets are an afterthought, even in terms of football in this town. And they have, you talk about no talent. He's, even with his ability, he's 4-12, and 5-11 and 11 for a couple of years there still. They've got Quinn and Williams, who's terrific. Makai Betkin is an absolute star. But here would be my question. If you're Houston, aren't you asking for those two guys in the deal? All right, give me a couple of first-round picks, but I want Makai Betkin. I want your stud left tackle as well. Are the Jets going to start giving those pieces up? And again, the Jets, if they like Zach Wilson, and Zach Wilson is going to be, by draft time, people have heard it already. Is he, he could be better than Trevor Lawrence. Trevor's going one. If they think Zach Wilson is a franchise quarterback and they're confident in that assessment, why bother getting in the trade market at all? So just take, keep your picks. Build your team around the kid. You think you've got the guy there? Go take him. I, I actually do not think there are as many suitors for Deshaun Watson as there should be. I definitely believe there are not as many willing to give up the amount that the Bears are willing to give up to get him. If you win a Super Bowl with the Chicago Bears, you get to open steakhouses throughout the city, and you become part of the lore of the town. Nobody on the 85 Bears has picked up a tab in 40 years. This is winning with the Chicago Bears in football terms is not like winning with Carolina. It's not like winning in Tampa. It's not like winning even in Kansas City. It is a, there's a, the Bears are Chicago. If you win with that team, you enter the history of the sport. So I believe Deshaun thinks that way. I know Russell Wilson's thinking that way now. So this idea that I, I, I still believe that if the Bears make the pitch to 
to Deshaun Watson, he'll have no problem coming to Chicago. Hey, I'm happy to change Michigan Avenue to Watson Avenue. I have uh, I have no problem with, uh, with, with whatever Watson. you want. Yeah, whatever he wants. Whatever he wants. Let's take a quick break and have a brief moment to talk about our new sponsor, eBay. Whether rare, dead stock, or the latest release, find the exact shoe you're looking for at eBay. As the original sneaker marketplace, eBay is the place to cop the best pair you've been eyeing. With eBay's authenticity guarantee, your sneakers are meticulously inspected by independent professional authenticators. A team of experienced sneaker authenticators verify the box, the logo, the stitching, and dozens of other inspection points. Each sneaker also receives an authenticity guarantee tag that includes a digital stamp of, what did I say? authenticity and it also protects sellers with a verified return process and for the sneaker sellers out there ebay has eliminated selling fees and sneakers over 100 making it free to sell or flip your collection so go to ebay.com sneakers today ebay the world's best destination for discovering great value and unique selection now back to the pod so let's move it over let's move it over to Russell Wilson. Um, I will tell you that the people that I have talked to tell me that the Russell Wilson situation has been going on with the Chicago Bears a lot longer than what sources have put out in the media. They've been talking about it since probably before the Super Bowl. I'm in complete agreement with you that Russell Wilson looks at Chicago and he says to himself, hey, not only can I win here, but I can become a legacy quarterback in the town of Chicago and, you know, oh yeah, open up the steakhouse, advance the brand, all that stuff. So what have you heard with Russell Wilson? Does the timeline of the Deshaun Watson decision match up with the timeline that's probably going to have to happen with Russell Wilson? Is that going to match up correctly? I, I don't know. I mean, again, trying to put logic on the Houston Texans is a futile endeavor. So <laughs> what, what I will, what I will say is, and I think it's, it's very telling when an agent for a player identifies the teams he's looking to get traded to, yeah. that doesn't that doesn't come out by accident. That is calculated. And if you don't think, and it's not playing with the Bears, you put the Bears out there if you're interested in the Bears because you know the minute that gets out there, an entire city is going to respond to it. And they did. It was on the back pages of papers. Every radio station is talking about it. Brad Biggs has a piece about the Bears being all in on Wilson today. That was so brilliantly done by the agent. And now the question is for Seattle. If you're willing to move on from Russell Wilson, and it sounds like they could reach that agreement, the Bears are your best option. He wants to go there. I, My guess right now, if you were to ask me where Russell Wilson starts in September, I think he's going to be on the Bears, which is I can't believe we're here after a couple of weeks ago. But it sounds like that's the way it's headed. Yeah, it could be. It could become a really exciting time <laughs> heading into next season. Maybe you can help me walk through this. I'm trying to sort of figure it out. Maybe you can help the listeners out too as well. So from what I understand, obviously the big deterrent with the Russell Wilson is everyone keeps saying is that the Seahawks, no way, no how are taking a $35 million dead cap hit in this trade. I've also learned that come June 1st, if the deal is consummated at that point, the dead cap hit goes down to about 13, 14 million, which obviously makes that a whole lot more amenable. It, does that does that sound correct? And is that something that probably the Bears are going to have to pursue? And if they do that, does that also mean that they get to keep all their picks this season and it's all going to be future capital 22, 23, 24 moving forward? Well, they can't trade 24 picks uh, until draft day. You can only trade this year, next year, the year after. So, yeah, so uh, Andrew Danahy writes for me at the Bears blog, wrote a piece about great this work. Day. This is great work. If you make it, if you make it a June 1st, but then you can't trade this year's draft pick. I don't see that happening. Uh, also, feels like a loophole. If anything happens, there will be some kind of a restructuring done. It could be done on Seattle's end or an extension done in Seattle before he's traded. 
to change the cap numbers. I always say about the cap, it's very simple. If Seattle trades Russell Wilson this year, they are admitting to the league, to their fan base, that next year is probably not going to be great for them. Right? Even if they end up with a rookie quarterback, Justin Herbert played as good as a rookie quarterback can play last year, and they weren't any good. So I think they're admitting that next year will be painful for them. So they would accept that cap hit for a year. It might be aggressive, the amount that they're accepting. I never think the cap gets in the way of a good trade unless that, unless like a Matt Ryan contract where it just doesn't make sense for the Atlanta to, to take a big hit like that. I don't see it being a June 1st also because, you know, the Bears, the Bears here are going to, they're going to have to give up. This year's number one. How do you? How does Seattle sell to their fan base? Listen, we trade Russell Wilson to the Bears, and we got to pick. We got to pick next year. Yeah, just wait. Just, just wait. Just wait, Seahawks yeah, fans. Twelfth man. I mean, unless again you're putting Roquan, Darnell, David Montgomery, unless you're putting a, a collection of players in the deal to try to excite them. But how excited are they going to get about Darnell Mooney and Roquan Smith? You talked about the fans reacting to Roquan. Roquan's a hell of a player. He's also a middle linebacker. We're talking about quarterbacks here. This is. Who does not tackle the quarterback. Yeah. Right. So I don't know. I think if the deal needs to get done, they'll figure out the financials, whether that's a, whether that's a, an extension and then a trade or whether the bears work out an agreement here. I don't think money will get in the way of the trade. If money were the problem here, if the Seahawks couldn't trade him because of his cap hit or because of his contract, they would have stopped this conversation. already. There would be no reason for them to drag this out for weeks. John Schneider would have came out. Pete Carroll would have came out and said, Russell's going nowhere. He's our starter next year. And that's the end of it. But they have kept this thing alive. They have stayed deadly quiet. And the reason they're quiet is because they're thinking about trading them. And right now, I'd say it's 50-50 chance they're trading them. Is it fair to say at this point, whether it's Watson or Wilson, we would probably get an answer or conclusion to this by the third week of April, right before draft? Yeah, I think even sooner. Um, I think if if this Wilson trade gets done, it's going to get done in the next in the next week or two. I really believe that if you're the Bears, the reason you're so aggressive right now is you have to shape your free agency period around who your quarterback is. Great point. Yeah. So if, if you're if you're if you've got Russell Wilson now, Russell Wilson comes in and you got to sit him down and go, okay, what do you need on the outside? What kind of players do you want? Here's what we have. Okay, now we're going to franchise tag Allen Robinson. We'll try to keep him in the mix for you. He'll help. You got Darnell Mooney. Hopefully, he's still here. We don't know. Anthony Miller actually might have some value with you because you play off schedule and he's an off schedule type receiver. Mm. So what else do you need? What other kind of players fit what you want? And that's a whole process for Russell Wilson. So I would think they would want to get this done in the next two weeks. And the longer it drags out, I think that's the less likely it is to happen. A couple more questions just here for Jeff Hughes here on DeBear's blog. You're hearing a lot of also rumors, just broad NFL stuff about how we're going to see some cuts and some salary shaving with a lot of organizations that people are saying is seismic, that it's going to be shocking. My question for you is, you know, you guys have done anyone, anyone out here that wants to understand the salary cap, go to DeBear's blog. They do such an excellent work of walking you through what's going to be possible, how they can restructure, how they can create cap space. Is it possible where, you know, Bears fans are like, if you trade Watson or Wilson, you're going to have nothing to spend on this, that, or the other. You're going to have to cut this player or that player. Is it also possible that we're going to be able to maybe acquire excellent, above-average veteran talent at prices that we've never seen before this offseason because of the squeeze that's coming? Uh, and I, I take it a step further than that. Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, make everybody else better. 
Mm. So this notion, this notion that you have to now go on a spending spree to make your roster better. I just want to repeat to people what I tend to yell all the time. The Bears are eight and eight in back-to-back years with Mitch Trubisky playing quarterback. <laughs> that is an achievement. And I know everyone likes to get down on them. Oh, they're stuck in mediocre town. No, no, no. That is, if your roster is bad and you have Mitch Trubisky playing quarterback, you win two or three games. If your roster is good and you have Mitch Trubisky, you can get to eight and eight. You have to have good players all over that roster to win eight games with that guy playing quarterback. And that's, I think, the point the Bears are making here by being so aggressive about trying to acquire one of these two quarterbacks. It's because they know that there are players on this roster, there are offensive linemen on this roster that are better than they're, than they're perceived because of what has been happening at quarterback for the last three and a half years. And so, yes, they'll be able to, but there's also going to be guys who come in who are going to be sort of run-of-the-mill veterans at cheap prices who are going to thrive because they're going to have a real quarterback playing the position. Uh, by the way, I just want to say about, about our cap stuff. It is never me writing that stuff. That is a lot of that's written by my, my guy, John Wood, who's, a, who's an actual scientist. And I, I, I don't understand half it. I edit it. I don't understand half the stuff. I, I literally is, have it real quick. I have it starred on my phone so I can pull it up and read it every once in a while because it's so detailed. I have to remind myself oh. again. Oh, yeah. Right. Okay. Okay. Cool. <laughs> on the eighth chart, you're like, all right, what is happening here? Yeah. So if we sign this guy, we have to fold the franchise. It gets yeah. very complicated. Um, we, yeah, we so have to I, move. We have to move to Arlington Heights if this happens. Yeah. The one. Oh, don't get me started on that. I know. So I know. One, that's, a, that's a different pod. <laughs> the one element that I always say about the NFL is that look at the Rams. You always can find money. Like there's these teams always. Whenever you hear a team say, "Oh, that's." tight against the cap you slide money to future years you move money from here to there you restructure this guy you move this money to bonus is it is it great financially for five years down the line no but this is a year-to-year league look at who just won the super bowl right that's a team that hadn't been in the playoffs in in a decade plus in the super bowl win the super bowl why because they went all in for one year and that's what this league is right now you try every year do whatever you can financially to get out there and be competitive because I think the days of dynasty champions, I think those days are over. We just saw the greatest dynasty, I think, in the history of sports with New England and what they've done in this era. They did it because they had the greatest quarterback and the greatest coach of all time. The likelihood of that, of that combination happening again, not likely. You have to year up, go in every year, try to win. If it flops, it flops. What I'd also say is until you solidify quarterback, you're not in a rebuild. You're not in a growth period until you know you have the quarterback. You don't even start the clock on your franchise. So Urban Meyer is going to get Trevor Lawrence in a couple of months. Then that clock starts for Urban Meyer. And by year three, he should be expected to be winning on a big, on a big scale. If the Bears get one of these quarterbacks, the expectations to win start in September. And that's something we have not had a quarterback for this in, with this team really since about 2010. 2010, 2011, 2012, Jay Cutler and Lovey got to have just some really nice things. That's the expectation in September with a big quarterback. They'll make it work financially. Well, and that was when they had to surround Cutler with a bunch of weapons. You're making such a great point, too, where, you know, look at Seattle's situation. They've been to the playoffs eight of the last nine years. But, you know, were they Super Bowl contenders? I could say yes or no. But to your point, those expectations existed because Russell Wilson was there. For Bears yeah. fans out there that look at us being eight and eight, 
and, and thinking that we wouldn't be demonstrably exponentially better with a guy like Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson. Just go back and watch any first quarter that we played last year where we came out slow out of the gate in our first 15 or go watch any third quarter where I think we only scored one touchdown all season long. Those little stats that make you groan and make your stomach churn, Bears fans, those will irrevocably change with those guys at quarterback. We're going to get you out of here on this one final question. It might be the funnest question I've ever asked a Bears uh, expert or talked to a Bears fan about in my entire life. Who do you prefer, Deshaun or Russell? Which, if you had to pick, who do you want? It's Deshaun. It's Deshaun. I mean, yeah. he's twenty six. He's twenty six years old. It, it's it's primarily an age thing because if you get Deshaun Watson, he's twenty six. That's a decade you got. He has a decade left where he's going to be at a high caliber quarterback. This has never. Ha- I've read about this, and people sort of said, "Are you sure?" It's never happened before. We have never seen a top of the line quarterback at this age be available. We've never seen it. And the idea that there should be 25 teams in this market for him. I think a lot of teams don't want to give up draft capital because everyone worships draft capital now. But, man, I'd say the Niners should be in. I'd say the Rams should. I mean, I say every team that doesn't have a star, top five quarterback, should be in on this guy. And that's what the Houston Texans should be doing right now. They should be be an auction house. And they should be – I hear first one first round pick. I'm here two first round picks. I'm here three first round picks. I'm here start and just go through the league and see how high you can get the offer. I'd be thrilled with either player, but for, for the longevity, man, to have the, the quarterback settled for a decade and maybe more, I just I, I don't even know what it would feel like to have that as a Bears fan. These are fun times as Bears fans. I mean, it feels like we've been kind of in rinse repeat now the past couple seasons. You know, at this time of year, I probably would be having you on and being like, can Mitch Trubisky take the next step? And it looks yeah. like we're, we're moving past that. He's, he's oh. taking the next step. It's to O'Hare. That'll be his last step in Chicago for a while. And the backup for the Tennessee Titans, ladies and gentlemen, Mitch Trubisky <laughs> or, or something along those yeah. lines. Jeff Hughes from DeBear's blog such a pleasure to have you back on again i love having you on your perspectives are so spot on the expertise that the bears blog the work that you guys do is so fantastic it's top notch thank you so much again for coming back on the pod uh, no worries bro thank you jeff today's episode was brought to you by bet online uh, betonline.ag this is uh, this is an episode of betting chicago with joey christopoulos i'm so pumped about russell wilson and deshaun watson i can't even get the outro correct but that's how excited we are right now. Thank you so much for listening to the pod. we got tons of great pods coming up the rest of this week. So if you like this one, make sure you check out the rest of them. Until then, be well, be safe. Please be good to each other. We will talk soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.